Good morning, Kingdom Culture. This is Pastor Sharon Witten coming at you all the way from Toronto. I'm super excited to join you this morning, this beautiful summer Sunday morning, as you guys are in this sermon series called Powerful Women. And I honestly, it was like a super honor to be a part of this series, uh, just joining these amazing women uh, that will be preaching and bringing the word of God to your community. And uh, your pastors, honestly, Pastor Sean and Michelle are phenomenal leaders, uh, not only in this nation, but le legit, and I'm not putting it on, they are world-class leaders. So they're great friends of mine and Brendan, my husband. And once again, it's just an honor to serve you guys this morning by bringing the word. So I'm going to jump right into it. I'm going to pray. So for wherever you're watching this from, whether you're watching this later in your car, you're listening to it, I'm going to pray this morning that this word really penetrates your heart. I really felt like when I was preparing this word that it was kind of a little bit unconventional in my preparation. Like it was a little bit, the Lord kind of took me on some detours and stuff uh, because I feel like it's a bit more of a prophetic flow than it is kind of like a word, like a teaching word or whatnot. So strap your seatbelt on. Here we go. So Father, this morning, I just thank you for everyone. Father, your precious ones here at Kingdom Culture. God, I thank you that you are so amazing, that God, this morning, you want us to be wowed by your goodness, by your nature, by your proximity, the fact that you are ever present, that Lord, at any moment, we can feel you at any moment, God, we can experience you. You invite us into an encounter with you. And this morning for every person that is, is listening to this, God, I pray for a divine, for, the, for us to be swept up in divine encounters with you. God, I pray that this message would not fall to deaf ears, but God, that we would receive it in the soils of our heart, God, and that we would walk away changed and empowered this morning and encouraged. And I thank you for your presence in Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, the message that I'm going to bring to you is entitled Pioneering in the Wild. Pioneering in the Wild. And it was interesting, as I was seeking the Lord, uh, just for a word for you guys, the Lord like legit, um, I'm in a process where I'm, I'm beginning to write some materials um, on like with the topic of wild pioneer. And the Lord actually brought me to you guys as I was pre preparing this as a prototype of kind of some of the writings that I'm, I'm doing right now. It was kind of weird. It was like, you know, I've been writing, writing, writing. And then, you know, your pastor asked me to share with your church. And then the Lord said, the very thing that you are writing, these guys, this is it. Like they're it. Like they model this. They're the prototype. And I was preparing uh, and praying for you guys. And I had a vision of your church. Um, and it was like not one person. It was like this whole field of you, um, field like view and a field of you, <laughs> of you guys walking through a very dense bush-like kind of jungle of sorts. It was like, it was super lush and it was like the trees and everything were super, super tall. And you guys had these like big knives, like, I, I don't know, my husband, if he were here, he would tell you what the knives are. I think it's like a machete or something like that. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Um, but you were like cutting grass, like, and literally forging a pathway. And the Lord said that he's making you guys to be pioneers in the wild, in the wild seasons that are to come, that the Lord is giving you grace to, to, to push the frontiers, to, to move into things as a church community and as a people that unconventional church uh, wouldn't even understand and be like, what are you doing? Or, you know, why are you wasting your time on that? Or I don't really understand that, but it would be the Lord's 
doing in your midst and that God was preparing you guys as a group for that and you and, and to model something uh, for the body of Christ that is uniquely different, actually stuff that has not been seen before, forging new pathways. And um, and I was kind of like, wow, I was like, okay, God, like these, these guys, like that's how you've made them to be, like this is what you're doing in them right now? And he said, yeah, absolutely. And I know that you guys have not met as a church for a while, as in in a building and whatnot. But the Lord wants to say to you this morning that he is in your midst. He is in a renovation process with you and he's making you to stand tall in this hour, not only in the nation's capital, not only in your church or your region, but in the nation and that some of you will occupy spaces and places that in times and seasons past you would have never dreamed of. Uh, because the Lord is launching in this hour, particularly for Canada, new pioneers. And he's making us to be wild pioneers, actually. I felt like, and I felt like I was among you guys. Like I wanted to be part of the tribe of, you know, kingdom culture. Don't tell my husband, don't tell my husband. You know, I'm not trying to leave Toronto and all that, but I wanted to be a part of what I felt like in the spirit that the Lord was giving you guys in this season, in this epoch, epoch of time. Um, and it's not only for those of you that are existing right now. I really felt like there was a measure of it that was for a coming generation of little people that would come up in a culture that is a little hopeless, but yet in a culture of your church, a kingdom culture of your church that breeds hope and that breeds innovation and creativ creativity and inspiration. So I want to jump into a couple things that I really felt the Lord um, label or just bring to the forefront um, in, this, in this time of preparation, in this time of renovation that God is doing with you as a collective community, but also as individuals in that collective community. So here it goes. Here are a couple of things that the Lord shared with me. And once again, this is more of like a prophetic rant than it is a message. Um, so here we go. Number one was to source your comfort rightly. Kind of strange words. I heard it that way. In fact, I went back and I was trying to like adjust the wording on this and the Lord just said, no, for them to source their comfort rightly. What do I mean by this? I'm actually going to read to you um, a scripture out of 2 uh, Corinthians 1 verse 3 to 4 in the Passion Translation. It says this, all praise belong to the Lord, to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for he's the father of tender mercy. I love that and the God of endless comfort. He always comes alongside us to comfort us in every suffering so that we can come alongside those who are in any painful trial. We can bring them the same comfort that God has poured out upon us. I love the wording in the passion here. It says that number one, he's the father of tender mercies, but we're going to emphasize this, this, this statement right here. He is the God of endless comfort. I love the adjective there, adjective there, endless comfort, not a little bit comfort, not a comfort that runs out, but endless comfort. And he always comes alongside us to comfort us in every suffering so that we can come alongside others. Now, once again, the two things that stick out to me, there is endless comfort in the fact that he comes alongside us and why, you know, this word comfort for you as uh, pioneers in the wild. Um, it is because I believe we've gone through, I know we have, and I know your community has, we've gone through an intense 
year, I think we're over the year mark now, season in this whole quarantine, in this time where, you know, so many things have been put on pause, so many things have been, you know, lost, there's been, you know, grief, there's been, you know, obviously with the pandemic, there's been worldwide shuffle, there's just been a lot of things that are going on. And so many people are grabbing for levels of comfort. If you tell me, no, Pastor Sharon, that's not me, I've been good, I'm going to tell you, you are lying, you are lying. We have all grabbed for comfort in this season. And it's, it's manifested in different ways. I actually, it's interesting. I'm going to give you the definition of comfort first, and then I'll talk to you about how we, we kind of seen it manifest. Number one, or the definition of comfort is this, and this is by the Noah Webster 1828 dictionary. It says this to console in time of fear or grief definition of comfort to console in time of fear and grief or grief, a state of ease or well-being soulless, a comfort in sorrow, misfortune, and distress. Another word, uh, another definition point for, uh, for comfort is help, assistance, something that brings relief or well-being, and the capacity to give physical ease. Now talk about something we've all needed in this last season. Like we've all looked for a level of soulless, a level of physical ease, help. I mean, we've been looking everywhere for all those things. And you know, why is this important that the Lord wants us to find this place in him of endless comfort? It is because honestly, I feel like the enemy is trying to set people up for distractions or for um, vices or addictions that take them off the course. And, you know, it's interesting. We were, uh, as a staff here, we were talking one morning, we were doing staff prayer and we we're just talking over Zoom. And one of the questions that my husband asked the staff was, you know, what has been your guilty pleasure in this last season? You know, and all of us kind of laughed a little bit and chuckled and, you know, some of us didn't want to admit it. You know, we just kind of were like, oh man. And it's true. Many of us in the season to ease the stress of the season, once again, ease, assistance, something that brings relief. We've been binge watching Netflix, you know, we've been eating things, we've been doing things. I mean, there has been all kinds of things. I know in our church community, that's been the case. And I'm pretty sure that's been the case for you guys. Um, so when my husband asked that to our staff, it was funny, you know, many of us said this, like we're eating way too much. Like we have a, you know, personal account with Uber Eats. Those guys are delivering every couple of hours to homes, you know, eating at two in the morning, you know, indulging in sweets and junk food and all that kind of stuff to ease and bring a level of comfort. Now the Lord says that he is the God of endless comfort. This is, it, it, it's, it's such a strong, it may be something that you read and you overlook when you read this passage of scripture. Uh, once again, the passage of scriptures in second Corinthians. And this is Paul. And I love him speaking to the church at Corinth. You know, Paul, who's gone through all these difficult trials and situations and imprisonments and stuff. And he's encouraging the church at Corinth to stay the course and to find endless comfort in the middle of trial as the church, you know, the believers, so that they can bring that to other people. And this is something I want to say as we pioneer, as you pioneer, God wants you to find a level of satisfaction in him. Um, and the thing is, is that we need to find this level of satisfaction so we can go the distance so that we do not give up or we don't, you know, these things do not become the best of us. So how do we do that? How do we figure out, how do we plant ourselves sourcing our comfort primarily from the Lord? 
Um, number one, I think you've got to acknowledge your need for comfort. Like many people are like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. You ask them how that, no, no, no. Like all things are good. We're, we're fine. And really and truly they have a need to find comfort, whether they, you know, they're, um, indulging in food, whether they're indulging in, um, wrongful appetites, like, you know, pornography. I think the statistics have said that the porn, like Pornhub or one of these major porn, um, outlets have like skyrocketed in their viewership in this time, in this season, because people are looking for ease and they're looking for something that will make them feel good. And God is the God of all comfort. So we got to acknowledge our needs. We got to process our emotion. Like we got to recognize, like if you're in a season of grief and there's things going on, go ahead and grieve, like allow yourself to process through that and allow God to meet you in that. So you don't meet the bottle in that. You don't meet, you know, a girl or a guy in that. Like you actually allow the Lord to be the source of your comfort. Um, so we've got to, we got to process process our emotions. We've got to repent for false comforts. I had to do this. Honestly, I feel like I've done this in so many seasons of my life. I remember when my father passed away um, years ago. In that one year, I think I, we lost a great mentor friend of ours. I lost a baby and I lost my father all within like an eight month window. And I remember just feeling so much distress, so much grief. And I was looking for comfort. Like I was just wanting to feel well. And I remember the Lord saying, you know what? Don't find comfort in eating. Don't find comfort in all these different things. They are short term. And that he was the one that could bring me endless comfort. And I had like, I mean, it was a real struggle, like, like straight up. It was a real struggle. But I remember that season and we're in another season like that where there's a lot of loss and there's a lot of different things going on. And then after we process the emotion, we got to repent. We've got to, you know, find him, as I said, um, and repent from false comforts. And then we need to draw near to him uh, in that place. I say the place of worship in which we exchange things, in which he ministers to our heart. It's that deep place. Although you may not be gathering right now in a physical building, don't forsake that place where you worship God, where you, where you, you know, you may not be the greatest singer. You may not, you know, and worship is, singing is one expression of worship, but where you just like allow your heart to be open before the Lord, you give him glory, you honor his place in your life and you begin to receive from him. And that's how we plant ourselves in that place of finding comfort in him. It's interesting. One of our um, connection, our small group leaders in this time, he was leading a group of his men. Um, and I've actually done the same thing with my women because I'm finding people finding comfort in all manner of stuff. Um, he asked his guys this question. I had to ask my ladies this question too. And this may be a little raw, but we went here, you know, we said, you know, what are you watching? You know, what are you thinking about? What's trafficking? The Lord says that we are to, you know, to think on those things which are lovely, pure, and noble. And who are you touching? You know, for those of you who are married, yes, you can touch your spouse. But, you know, we have found in our community, there's just been a lot of different things that have happened um, as a result of people looking for comfort. And God is the God of endless comfort. In fact, he invites you into an experience with him to be the source of comfort for you. And I say this, why is this important for kingdom culture? Partly it's because you are a church that has creative people in it. And creative people, kind of like David's mighty man, we can have a propensity to be like all over the place with our emotions and just different things going on um, as God is. And I'm going to talk about it, breathing on inspiration and innovation. We, you know, we've got this breath of fresh air to move forward, but yet we're still grappling with the emotions of loss and grief. And God wants to bring a stability to you and uh, something. It's like a tool. He's the God of all comfort so that you can move forward in these wild days to come and pioneer what God has called you to pioneer. So I was thinking about this story 
in the Bible. And I was thinking about the story of Noah. And it's kind of like Noah was in a bit of a quarantine uh, in the ark <laughs> for a very long time. You know, he was a bit of in, in a bit of a quarantine period of time. And it's interesting when you study Noah in his quarantine, that after he came out of the quarantine, and I'm not quite sure in terms of the timing of what he, how he did this is the Bible says he built an altar and he built a vineyard. And interestingly enough, he, the Bible says he was a man of soil. He had to, he was getting, you know, vision to plant and to move, you know, planet earth forward after this big flood. And interestingly enough, in Genesis nine, the Bible says that he planted a vineyard, but he drank of the fruit of that vineyard and he got drunk. And then as we know in the storyline, his sons, he was naked, exposed. One of his sons kind of ridiculed him. The other ones kind of came and covered him. And the Lord brought the story up because it's quite interesting that Noah, he, he, uh, he had a quarantine, you know, kind of like us, we're in this quarantine. And he had vision. There was a, a you know, fresh you know, uh, vision to move something forward. Um, and so he planted something, he innovated, he, you know, I think it's the first account in the Bible of a vineyard, but yet he got drunk by it. So same like us, we've got to in this season, you know, and I say we, because I'm like, it's the body of Christ, but it is you kingdom culture. We've got to allow, you know, God to bring new levels of uh, innovation and pushing the limits, but not get caught up in some of the vices that can come alongside of that or are in your own heart um, and end up, you know, imploding uh, or end up stumbling forward in a way that God would not have for you. So number two, number one, once again, this is God is the God of all comfort and we've got to source him as comfort. Number two, this is what the Lord said to me for you, kingdom culture. And once again, choices of words that you're coming into an oily season. <laughs> oily, yeah, oily, you know, just random words that the Lord gives, gives me. Um, and two forms of oil. Now, the first form is the oil of the Holy Spirit. And 2 Corinthians 1.21, it's in that same passage a little bit later. It says, now it is God himself who has anointed us, and he constantly strengthens both you and us in our union with Christ. Now it is God who himself anoints, anointed us, and he is constantly strengthening both you and us in union with Christ. And um, it's interesting, the Lord sometimes gives me these like, uh, illustrations for points and stuff like that, um, out of my own life and, and whatnot. But, um, I was reminded of a story that a friend of mine told me about doing ministry out in the prairies. And she said, you know, I went to this meeting and it was like, there was a worship leader and worship was going on and somebody was going to speak. And she said, you know what? The kid who was leading worship was off key. Like it was just her and her guitar. You didn't have the fancy lights. You didn't have all these amazing things to like, you know, make the experience epic. It was just her on her guitar. She was off key and singing, but this was her choice of words, but she was so oily. And I laughed, the Lord brought that story back to me because once again, sometimes we're looking for all these elaborate different things, but the Lord drops his anointing sometimes in the most unusual places and on the most unusual people. And it's what the word of God says here is that he is the one that anoints us. So this girl singing her heart out to the naked eye, you would have been like, oh my goodness, like this is like, you know, it's a little ghetto set up, whatever. But the oil, the, the presence of Jesus was so all over this, uh, 
this young girl that was singing off key and was oily. And I say this to say this, that I feel like the oil of the presence of God is coming to your community um, in an unprecedented way, particularly on individual people and also on businesses and business models. I felt like there was an oil, like a blanket of, of like thick oil that the Lord would bring. It's like that anointing oil that removes burdens and destroys yokes because God is there and it, it destroys the yokes of, of the weight of this season, like it was kind of like an oil that brings solutions to what's of some of what is going on right now, that that, that anointing would sit on different ones. It would sit on your community and bring some shifts because you guys are all about seeing the kingdom of God advance, seeing people impacted, seeing businesses grow, seeing the nation change. And I felt like there was an oily, oily season coming upon you guys. And once again, in the Bible, oil represents consecration, the anointing, the Holy Spirit, like kings and priests were anointed. You know, you know, we talk about David being anointed by um, by Samuel, uh, which is famous in the Bible. And most famous of all is that the Bible says in the book of Acts, Acts 10, it says God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And I believe we're in a season, and actually I'll say this, and I'll read the rest of this verse. It's in Acts uh, 10, verse 38, with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Emphasis on, emphasis on the words, he did good and he healed all because God was with him. And I just feel like there are fresh encounters with God coming to you guys, that he's going to be with you in a way, uh, not just... Um, in, in what we look like in the model of a church building in a good service and a good song and a good message, but in the community, in individuals that carry the anointing. And it's for both, it's for, uh, this is what I heard the Lord say, it's for societal penetration. It is so that you could be a sharp edged uh, force. Once again, that pioneer that cuts through very thick terrain in these wild seasons that are ahead of us, that the Lord was going to put that anointing or place that anointing on you. The second aspect of oil um, is from the book of Mark, Mark 14, three to nine. And it says this, now Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon, a man Jesus has healed of leprosy. And he was reclining at the table. A woman came into the house. So this woman was outside the house. She came into the house. First of all, I've been like, how, how did you how did you come through the front door? Like, you know, anyways, that's me. With an alabaster flask filled with the highest quality of fragrant and expensive oil. She came to Jesus with a gesture, watch these words here, of extreme devotion. She broke the flask and poured out the precious oil over his head. But some were highly indignant when they saw this and they complained to one another. Oh, a couple different things there. Highly indignant and then complainers. Like the Bible does not like that. Okay. Highly, you know, it's just, it's just don't do that. Saying, and they said this out of their mouths, what a total waste. It could have been sold for a great sum and the money could have benefited the poor. We're going to come back to that. So they scolded her harshly and Jesus said to them, leave her alone. Why are you so critical of this woman? She has honored me with this beautiful act of kindness. You will always have the poor whom you can help whenever you want, but you will not always have me. When she poured out the fragrant oil over me, she was preparing my body in advance for my burial, of my burial. She had done all that she could to honor me. I promise you that as this wonderful gospel spreads all over the world, the story of her lavish devotion to me will be mentioned in memory of her. Now, I love this story um, when, it, when it talks about the oil from our lives, like what we give God and how we show up for God. And, and once again, number one in this story, that this woman, she brought her oil to Jesus. We're familiar with the story. I don't have to go through the details. There are probably a ton of 
preachers that preachers that could do this story much better than I. But I love this is that she brought all of who she was. She brought her oil. She had a, in her heart extreme devotion. She basically she put all chips on the table and was like, here I am. Bust through that front door, came in the house. It was like, yo, where's Jesus? And here was pouring oil over him. And I love the boldness in that. And I love, um, the extreme devotion, because I do believe that you are in a season, um, uh, kingdom culture, um, and, and we're in a season globally, uh, even in the church and not in the church, where people are kind of in their grind. There are, they're trying to figure out their way. They're bringing all their effort into certain things. They're having to reinvent their lives in certain ways. And they're, you know, they're doing all these different things to either survive or to thrive or to make money or, you know, do whatever is necessary for their families. And I felt like, you know, from this passage, I felt like the Lord was saying to you guys, he said, you know what, bring your extreme devotion to me. Bring all of who you are, your weaknesses, your strength, your idiosyncrasies as a community, as individuals, bring it all to me. Cause in that place, there's something so pure and so sweet. That's in the place where God begins to give pure ideas regarding, you know, what he wants to do with the future, what he wants to do with your family, but it centers around this place of extreme devotion. And I love the storyline because the woman like in this story was not all beautiful and amazing and whatever, like she had messy stuff going on, but she came to him and like poured it all out, expensive oil. And it's interesting in this storyline that the critics that were in there, once again, Simon, you know, just different ones were in there, were criticizing and saying, what a waste, what a waste. But how many people know that there is nothing wasted when you give of yourself in extreme devotion to God, nothing is wasted. No, in fact, he takes that place. He cherishes that place and he, get, he, he meets you. He come along, he comes alongside you. You begin to co-labor with him. You, there, there's like, I, I used to say this to some of my leaders that a destiny without God is not a destiny worth fighting for. A destiny without God is not a destiny worth, out, with, worth fighting for. We want to be with him. We want his, we want him to have our extreme devotion. So bring all of who you are. And it was criticized. They were like, oh my goodness. And I feel like we're coming into some times, both in the religious community, you know, kind of the religious spirit and the political spirit, that are gonna come to, to, to criticize some of the new frontiers that even you as kingdom culture are gonna push into. You know, even different churches, you know, over the, across the nations, over, you know, in Canada and even in your city that are going to say, you know what, we want to, we want to pour all our efforts, our money into this project right here. Like, we just want to give it all, you know, because we feel like God's on this thing. We feel like it's oily and we feel like we need to bring all of our resources to this thing. And others will look and be like, I don't get it. But God will know that, you know, God, God is in it and God, God will, you know, sanction it. He will, he will push you guys forward because of your obedience to him. And I love what it says at the end in verse nine, it says that, uh, that the story, this gospel, this thing, this act that she has done will be known in the generations to come. It'll be remembered. And it's the oil that, that you bring that lets a fire, um, in your community and the businesses that will be remembered. You are a rememberable community, kingdom culture. The Lord has branded you as a, a people that will do great things that will be remembered in the generations to come. And I love to say this way, I wrote down the statement for you that God has made you extreme, but not weird or not like weirdly weird. You know, like all of us are a little bit weird. we got idiosyncrasies, all that kind of stuff. My husband would say I'm a little bit weird, but God has made you extreme for a purpose, but not weird. Like, you know, there's just weird people out there. That's not you. 
You're just extreme because of what he wants to do with you and that extreme devotion. And the Lord will, will usher you as a church into things that other people will not um, experience because of the extreme faith and devotion in the leadership of your house, because of their willingness to risk all and literally pour it all out, you know, bring it, put it all, all chips on the table and to lead people with that same model. Now, the third thing, and I'm kind of winding this up, is uh, I heard the Lord say for you as, you know, wild pioneers, as you're pioneering the wild places, that God said supernatural possibilities. In fact, I heard it this way. He said possibilities, possibilities, supernatural possibilities. In 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 11 to 12 in the Passion, it says this, with this in mind, we constantly pray that our God will empower you to live live worthy of all that he's invited you to experience. And we pray that by his power and all the pleasures of goodness and all works inspired by faith would fill you completely. By doing this, the name of our Lord Jesus will be glorified in you and you will be glorified in him by the marvelous grace of our God and the Lord our, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to read to you out of the, the, the message translation. It's a little bit more clear. It says this, because we know that this extraordinary day is just ahead, we pray for you all the time. We pray that our God will make you fit for what he's called you to be. May God make you fit for what he's called you to be. Even in this quarantine shelter in place business, let, may he make you fit. We pray that he would fill your good ideas and acts of faith with his own energy. Ooh, what powerful word that, that he would fill your good ideas and acts of faith with his own energy so that it all amounts to something. How many people know that you want your good ideas and your acts of faith to be empowered and supercharged by the energy of God and of the kingdom so that what we do, what you do, kingdom culture, amounts to something? If your life honors the name of Jesus, he will honor you. Grace is behind and through all of this. Our God giving himself freely, the master Jesus Christ giving himself freely. So what do we see in this? Number one is that he empowers you to live a life worthy of all that he's called you, called you to. He's inviting you into a life of adventure. I think you guys already know that, um, but he empowers you. And that is so important. How many people don't want to do things that don't have the full charge? Like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to uh, be out there in the streets willy nilly doing things, half energy, you know, half baked, not even like fully, you know, fully with the pace that I know that I have the capacity to do in Christ. Like God says, he's the one that empowers us, empowers you to live a life worthy of everything that he's called you to. Nothing can stop that. A quarantine season can't stop that. A loss of a job can't stop that. You know, God can empower you in this time and he empowers you with strength, kingdom culture, um, so that you can increase um, in, you can increase into all that he's asked you to do. You can increase into, I don't even know if that makes sense, but you can lean into all that he's called you to do because he empowers you with strength. And the one that I love the most, you know, we see this in, in, uh, in Isaiah is that he empowers like the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of counsel and the fear of the Lord. He empowers you with wisdom. Now is the day in a season where you got to read the Proverbs. You've got to cry out to God for wisdom, wisdom to discern the times. And as a pioneering type uh, community, I'm not going to only say, when I say church, I mean the people in, in, in embedded in the fibers of society, that y'all need wisdom. We need wisdom. We need to know where and when to show up. We need to know when and where to take an opportunity. 
because they're going to pop up in unusual ways. And God is going to usher some suddenlies into you in the seasons to come for different ones of you because he's just that good and because he empowers. And you're a wild pioneer. Church, you are a wild pioneer. You're made for the uncharted territories. You come alive when y'all stretch the, the frontiers of what you, you think you can do as a community. The one, but the many. And the other aspect of the scripture that I love is that he says he fills your acts of faith and good ideas with his own energy. That's just like standard. Like, I just love that. I just think it's amazing, which means that he, he embodies creativity. Our God embodies creativity. He come, comes alongside us in our good ideas and he says, okay, I'm going to make it better. And I'm going to give you what you need so that these things hit the mark so that they're not fruitless acts so that your faith, that there is full reward on the other side of your faith. And that's what he wants to do for you. And he embodies, he embodies power. And I love that. I love creativity and I love power um, because he's empowering your obedience of faith. He's empowering your, your steps of faith into the unknown kingdom culture. And he's doing all this. You know what? I was thinking about this. I was like, God, why are you doing all this? And he said, you know what? I want to show off. I want to, I want people to see how great and powerful I am again. Like he's the only one. He's the one. He's the one that carries this miraculous power. He is one to be wowed at. That God wants to open up, you know, impossible situations. And he wants to thrust us into it so that we can see and we can recognize that God, yeah, you are. There is a God that is so incredibly great. He wants the fame of his name restored in such a powerful way, not only in your church. I think that I like totally feel like you guys, you know, you like make, you know, you make him great. You break out the nature of God and people are awed and, and they're wowed by the nature of who he is. But even for other people in the body of Christ, so they may see that there is a God who still heals, delivers, who's able to make um, a massive, you know, increase in finances for something that in a situation that that person had nothing. He's able to get into businesses and ideas and literally cause, you know, things to accelerate and, you know, all that good stuff. Like that is our God. That is the God that we serve. So in the season of possibilities and supernatural possibilities, God is dealing a blow to the atmosphere of fear that has blanketed, blanketed many cities uh, across this nation, yours included. You know, obviously you guys are the nation's capital. You have, you know, politically you're where it's at in our nation. And obviously there's been a lot that has gone on, you know, whether you disagree, agree, whether, you know, vaccine, don't vac like whatever. I'm not here to talk about that, but I am here to say that there has been such a blanket of fear and God's power, you know, this man of strength, this man of power, this man of creativity and wisdom, he wants to break the back of fear um, off the film, the blanket of fear over your city and over your nation. And he wants you to help do it. He wants you to help remind people uh, about who they are, remind people about who God is. And he wants to use you, this is what I heard the Lord say, to create an atmosphere of answers and power, solutions and power, solutions, to bring solutions. So this is an ask, seek, and knock, Matthew 7, 7. This is that Matthew 7, 7 season. Ask, and the gift is yours. Seek, and you'll discover. Knock, and the door will be open for you. For every persistent one will get what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he longs for. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. 
if I were you, Kingdom Culture, I'll wake up every morning and be like, okay, there are there are impossibilities, there are possibilities, there are doors. Show me where it is, God. I ask that you would put your favor upon me in this season to walk through open doors that are unlikely. Father, I ask this morning, I seek you this morning because I know that I have need of you. I know that in you I live and move and have my being. God, I'm, I'm, I'm knocking at the doors that you ask me to knock at. Greater revelation, greater uh, understanding of wisdom and authority. You know, I'm knocking at the doors of that promotion. God, I'm coming at it. I'm coming at it. You know, even when we've been tired and weary in this last season, I believe God is bringing strength to you guys. I believe he's going to do it. He's going to do it both individually and in community. There's some waves of strength that are coming to you. And then the last area here that I wanna uh, touch on. Once again, you're wild pioneers, man. You guys you guys have got this cutting edge stuff. And I don't say that um, haphazardly or just like, oh, well, you're, you're, you're made to, you know, what? no, no. Like I actually feel such an anointing of the spirit of God for this time and season that you're in. Although you may be scattered, you're still one. And the last one that the Lord gave me um, was, <laughs> this is the statement. Community is as strong as community. I was like, God, what are these like enigmas, these random things you say to me at random hours of the night, that your community is as strong as your community. That's what the Lord said to me. And he gave me two passages out of Romans. Romans 12, verse four to five in the Passion says this, in the human body, there are many parts and organs, each one with a unique function. And so it is in the body of Christ, just like our body has you know organs and functions, it is the same way in the body. For though we are many, we have all been mingled in to one body in Christ. This means that we are uh, vitally joined to one another with each contributing to the other. Every part of the body is necessary, each one contributing to one another. Let's jump down later on in that uh, passage of scripture, Romans 12, verse nine to 15. Once again, still in the passion, it says this, let the inner movements of your heart always be to love one another and never play the role of actor wearing a mask. In essence, he's saying vulnerability, vulnerability, vulnerability. This is a season of vulnerability. This is a season where we don't pretend with one another because we are only as strong as our community is strong. And everybody's got to allow the Lord to work in the heart. Bring your strength together and we'll be strong as one. It says this, despise evil and embrace everything that is good and virtuous. Woo, what a word right now for our culture, eh? Despise evil, like get away from that stuff and embrace everything that is good and virtuous. If we just did that as, you know, society, anyways, uh, verse 10, it says, be devoted to tender loving, uh, be devoted to tenderly loving your, your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourself in respect and honor, uh, of one another. Verse 11 says this, be enthusiastic to serve the Lord keeping your passion towards him boiling hot. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. Let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Don't give up. Don't give up in time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. Take a constant interest in the need of God's beloved people and respond by helping them and eagerly welcome people as guests into your home. I don't know if you can do that in Ottawa, so don't, you know, just do what the government, like, I, I don't know. Verse 14, speak blessing, not cursing over those who reject and persecute you and celebrate with those who celebrate, weep with those who grieve. What a powerful, powerful uh, passage of scripture to land on. Once again, Romans 12, 
uh, two passages there, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna finish with this. So one of the things that I felt like the Lord was saying for your community is for for you to allow yourself into to step into new realms of community. Like I felt like the Lord said, you guys do community so well that you've really brought a certain level of DNA, a certain level of experience, a certain level of leadership and a certain level of, you know, the church, just like a really healthy community. And I felt like the Lord said, he's going to step you even into greater levels of community. And this would bring fresh energy to the family of God in your local jurisdiction. And once again, it's not to say you don't do it well, but the Lord says, lean in for some more. You know, it's like being at the table and you're all eating around the table at Thanksgiving. Great Thanksgiving. You know, you did the turkey, the, you know, the rice, the, um, I don't know what y'all do. I do like roti, you know, for those of you who are West Indian, like we do other things, but whatever you're eating at Thanksgiving, you know, you're eating and you're enjoying it. You're enjoying the company and it's so good. It's tasting so good. You want more. I feel like the Lord's saying in this season regarding community, he's wanting to bring some fresh, um, like it's like a boost of, of freshness, even more. You thought you've come the journey this far and you think it's it. You know, the Lord's saying he's going to do more. And how is he going to do it? Look at this verse. He says to each and every one of us as a part of the body. So for you as a part of kingdom culture, number one, devote yourself to love. You know, it says, you know, we, we know the famous chapter, in, in 1 Corinthians, it talks about, you know, love is patient, it's kind. Love is large, it's incredibly patient. It's gentle, it's consistently kind. It refuses jealousy. Let me tell you something. Those are things to consider in this time where the Lord is going to drape you with some supernatural experiences, some supernatural open doors with some things that he does that are unlikely that you may look at someone and be like, well, how come they got it and I didn't get it? Or how come whatever the case may be, the Lord says, devote, be devoted to love. That means you've got to think outside yourself. That means think and ask the Lord today, who do you want me to connect with? I obviously we're not gathering or, you, you know, we may be gathering at this point, but father, who do you want me to connect with? And then go about being obedient to God and doing that. Number two, according to this chapter, be enthusiastic to serve and keep passion hot. I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, across the nation, uh, that does work with alpha and whatnot. And he was telling me, um, just that in the season, he's like, yo, hats off to you pastors in the season. He's like, yo, there's a lot going on. He said, you know what? I serve in my local church. He said, I just made a decision that I'm going to show up like for whatever is needed. Like you need me to do a video. You need me to drive to somebody's house and drop off food. You need me, whatever you need me to do. I'm going to be enthusiastic and get involved in serving because I promised you that will, oh man, there's, there's so much more yield in that for you guys. You know, the next one, let hope burst forth. Let hope burst forth. Let, let yourself be hopeful in this season. How do, how do we do that? That comes primarily from connecting with the Lord and God doing a work in your heart. So you understand and you believe his nature and who he is. As a result, hope bursts forth. You, you rise up with hope. You know, let us be those that say, hey, a day is coming. We're going to gather. We're going to do this. God is in our midst. He's moving. You know, let's see the glass half full. I'm not talking about being sarcastic or, you know, whatever. I'm talking about let true hope arise and burst forth from your heart. Once again, that comes from knowing the nature of God and his capacity and his ability. A couple more here and then we're done. As the scripture says, don't give up. 
This is a time and season to dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness, to not give up, not be like, and, and when I say don't give up, I mean, be intentional about showing up online. Be intentional about, you know, in your, your, your small groups, be intentional about, you know, not saying, you know, taking the easy way out. I just don't feel like it today. I don't know if I'm going to go on. I don't know if I'm going to, you know, just no show up. Don't give up, you know, create habits that, that keep you showing up and not giving up, cultivate faithfulness, find intentional ways to connect as community. Last two, the Bible says in that chapter in Romans to eagerly welcome the guests into your house. This is really just about when I look at this, it's about leaning in, in moments that you can lean, eagerly welcome the guests. Sometimes we don't want guests over. You just want to go home, take your shoes off, you know, sit on your couch and veg by yourself, do your thing with your family. But I believe you're in a season church where you're going to lean in to people more. You're going to have, you know, you're going to stay on the phone longer and have conversations. Maybe another zoom call, Maybe another, you know, meeting, walk in the park, you know, walk at the church, whatever the case may be, lean in and eagerly welcome people, guests and not guests, just eagerly, just be willing to be open to lean into community. And lastly, celebrate and weep. Once again, this has been a season of loss for many and grief. There's been those that have lost loved ones, those that have lost jobs. That is real. And we need to grieve with those that are grieving. And we need to celebrate with those that are celebrating. It's kind of a weird dichotomy in a season where some are advancing and some are not advancing and diminishing. But we've got to, as the body, be able to come around one another, as this passage of uh, scripture talks about, and be what one another needs in this season. Once again, you guys do this well. I'm just saying, I think you're going to another level of this. Um, one of my trainers in um, working out and all that kind of stuff, because once again, I was eating and I had to work out, you know, to get off those extra pounds, said this, that he says this, this is his motto, strong core, strong body, strong core, strong body. So even if you are part of the core of this church, be strong, be faithful, be, be, you know, get in there and, and allow the Lord to give you energy, fresh energy to nail these things so that the body can be strong. So that those that show up, you know, online or in person, that they can literally feel the energizing uh, atmosphere of kingdom culture and they can rise up. Because once again, kingdom culture, you are a church that is pioneering in the wild. Let me pray for you as I close. Father, I thank you for kingdom culture. God, I thank you for all that you are doing in this church in this season. Father, I thank you that, Lord, you have them surrounded, that, God, you love them. Father, that you're wanting to be the God of all comfort, endless comfort to them, God. So, Father, we put aside all those things that just literally are like temporary satisfaction points and those things that are sinful things. Father, and we come to you. We anchor ourselves in you. Kingdom culture, we anchor ourselves in God. And we thank you that he brings comfort. He brings deep levels of satisfaction to the places where this season has robbed um, our energy and has robbed our zeal for life. Father, we thank you uh, today that, God, you, you are oily. You're bringing, there's fresh oil that is pouring out, God, that there are unlikely things that you're bringing to this community because you have not forgotten about them, but you want to use them and you want to see the very burning heart, passion, uh, vision of their leaders executed, not only in the nation, but in the nations, God. So you've branded them with their name, 
because they are kingdom culture and they are going to do extraordinary things that are unlike what, what conventional churches have done because God, you're in their midst and you need new things. So Father, I thank you for the oil that is flowing, the anointing to bring solutions and answers. And I thank you, Father, for uh, in their body that they're rising up, Father, with a greater level of devotion. Father, whether they're weak or strong, whether they've messed up or they're nailing it, God, I thank you that we can bring all of it to you and we can waste it on you. And you're worth it. You're worth our energy and our time and our affection. And Father, I thank you for the season of possibilities, the open doors, Father, the open doors, the possibilities, the possibilities, God, that you are, you are um, bringing to ones in their community, God. Blow those doors open, blow those opportunities open, may they respond in obedience. And Father, I thank you for community. Oh man, I thank you for this community, the local church, but the community at large and what you're doing with them. And, and as you, you bring greater levels of strength, you're strengthening the bonds so that they can, they can move forward many as one. And that the one that gets launched, the influencers, God, that those that stand behind them can support them. So I thank you for that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Kingdom Culture, for having me. Hopefully you'll have a good rest of your day. We love you all the way from Toronto City Church. Be blessed.